there in a second. A little bit of background. We have been talking about Passover. Uh, gone through some, some different scriptures with that. We have just finished celebrating Easter. Uh, we looked at the parallels between the children of Israel, how they celebrated that first Passover, how they were on their journey with Moses to come out of Egypt into freedom. Um, we looked at the life of Christ, how he was making his way to the cross, celebrated Passover with his disciples, and was going to the cross, his death and resurrection that we just celebrated Easter Sunday morning. So there's all of these parallels going on between the thousands and thousands of years ago when the God's people are making their way out of out of Egypt 2,000 years ago when Jesus has come on the scene and he's leading his people out of the bondage and slavery of sin and everything that he did for us on the cross. And it's a brand new day. There's a brand new freedom in Christ. And now we find ourselves 2,000 years later in a different set of times, but a lot of things look exactly the same. There was miracles back then. There was miracles in Jesus' days. There was miracles now. There was hopes for the Israelites of the promised land. Um, there was the commandment given to Jesus, to the disciples, and to all of us that what? That we would go and make disciples. There's a, a freedom in him, and God, God is still calling us out. There was uh, all these patterns that begin to ten- take place long, long time ago, not too long ago, and s- right now. And we would be wise to kind of look and see some of these patterns because there's that old saying that those that do not know history are doomed to repeat it. And sometimes it, well, it kind of repeats itself anyway because we are humans and we do not learn our lessons very easily. So we make that joke about the Israelites, how they had to do all those trips around the mountain. But I'm willing to say that most of us have taken quite a few trips around the same mountain in our lifetime. Or, Or it's just me. It's just me. Okay, sorry. Uh, maybe I'm at the wrong place. Okay, so there's all these patterns, and, and, and one of the things, but there's things that there's subtle changes where for the children of Israel, it was kind of the idea of, well, God up there. there there's the God, and he leads us, and he guides us, and there's, there's, there's this fire, and there's smoke. There's this smoke that we could see in this fire. And it, it's clearly guiding, and this is how we do it. And there's, there's all these plagues that have happened in Egypt, and there's this God that's, well, he's up there, and then he does these things, and we just kind of, well, we follow this direction. And then there's the reality of Jesus coming, and it's, and it's from God up there, now it's Christ among us. And so the Christ is now among us, and he's one, and have you heard about this one named Jesus? And people are gathering and listening, and there's this sermon on the mount, and he's telling all these stories, and this whole brand new way of living and life that he has. And it's Christ now, we've got to find him, we've got to get to him, Christ among us. But then all of a sudden there's his death and then his resurrection, and then there's the Holy Spirit, and now it's Christ up there, Christ among us, and now it's Christ within us. And yet, so there's these patterns. Things are happening, and they happen quite often the same way, but there's little changes that we have to be aware of. Uh, So this morning, as we read, we're going to read, and we're picking up where the children of Israel have experienced all of these things, all of the miracles of God. Uh, There's been Passover, and Moses is getting ready to lead them out. And so um, I want to do something where it's going to be on the screen here, and we are going to talk about 
Or we're going to read the scripture from the, the idea of we are the people that are being led out from slavery, 400 years of slavery, into freedom, and Moses is going to be our, our leader. And so Moses, uh, Kyle Despirito is going to play the part of Moses this morning. And so he's going to read the section in which Moses is talking, and we are going to, in unison, read the section in which the people are talking. And so to be Moses, you've got to come over here like on stage because you're the leader that's going to lead us, and, 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 and no, no Bible for you yet. So you, you've got to look at the screen too. And so like Moses had a staff, And, uh, you know, I'm not sure, but, like, something made of, like, sheepskin stuff, alpaca or something, or I don't know what. And it's also, like, back in the day, so I think <laughs> Moses also sported a little bit of an afro. Hey, he and like that's Lenny Kravitz. A little bit, you know. So, oh, yeah. That's so Moses. Okay. So you're... You're going to read the part, and then I'll cue us for when we read, okay? So as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up, and they panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And they cried out to the Lord. And all of us said this. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Uh, All right, that's our part. Now. <laughs> Just stand still and watch the Lord bless you. You got one more line. The Lord himself will fight for you. Stay calm. Just stay calm. Okay, so the people have complained to Moses. Now we are going to fast forward to uh, chapter 15 and starting with verse 22. Okay, now Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink, so they called the place Marah, which means bitter. Now, then, the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? Okay, and one more uh, in Exodus chapter 16. Now, then the whole community of Israel, the whole community set out from Elam and journeyed to the wilderness of Sin, which is Sinai, between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, exactly one month after leaving the land of Egypt. 
there too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. All right, this is us. Now, if only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned, where we sat around with pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us to death. Thank you, Moses. So here we have the people of God. They have made their way out. And all of a sudden, they have these complaints against Moses. And these aren't the only complaints. If you keep reading in the scripture, there's actually more and more complaints that they have towards Moses. What have you done? See, different things happen. See, they, first they found themselves surrounded. There, there, there's a sea on one side. The army of the Egyptians are coming in. And so there's fear for their life. They walk through on dry, on dry ground. And then all of a sudden, Moses takes them to a place where there is no water. They're journeying in the desert for three days. And so they get thirsty. And so they're complaining. And then all of a sudden, he takes them to another place. And, well, now we're hungry. We have no food to eat. It's worse here than it was there. And all of these patterns. See, here's the thing. Every time the people moved, they complained. Every time things got tough, they complained. Every time they moved and things got tough, they wanted to turn back to Egypt. I don't know about you, but see, we love the idea of, God, I want you to move me. I want you, you just got to do something in my life. You just got to, you got to, you got to put me in a new place. You got to bring me a new thing. We got to do something. And then God gets ready to move you. And all of a sudden, whoa, 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 wait a minute, God. Moving is tough. See, moving, you got to rent the U-Haul. You got to do, you got to pack all the boxes. You got to individually wrap all the plates, all these things. There's all these things in moving. And the same thing when we begin to move with God. See, we, we have the idea of, oh, man, it's going to be easy. It, there's going to be this, we're going to use, see, we start saying words like this. It's going to be an adventure. It's going to be this great new thing. There's the promised land. There's God's going to do this stuff in us. And it's going to be amazing. And then we, we turn on the TV and we, we watch television shows like uh, uh, Alaska, the, the Last Frontier. And all, every guy in here is like, oh, yeah, to live like that. Oh, to go out there and live off the land and be in Alaska. And, and we're going to raise our own and we're going to eat, eat all the stuff that we grow. And it's going to be natural and it's going to be organic. And then, and then we actually go to Alaska and realize it's really, really cold. <laughs> and, and, or we set out on the adventure and, and then all of a sudden we realize, oh, wait a minute. All of our crops just died and we're starving. <laughs> and, or we have a bad day and the nearest aspirin is 300 miles away. But here's the thing. The adventure really doesn't start until things go wrong. So we want the adventure without the adventure. We want someone to lay out the itinerary for us and and get the trip ready and do all the things that need to be done. But all of a sudden, wait a minute, what happens when the GPS breaks? What happens when you run out of money in the middle of nowhere and no plane ticket home? And all of a sudden, we start, well, like the children of Israel, we start complaining. Well, God, I wanted you to move us, but I didn't want you to move us like this. And, and now that we're moving, now I'm thirsty, or, or now I'm, I, I'm experiencing some hunger. Wait a minute, God, something is wrong. This isn't exactly what you had in store for us. 
this isn't what it's supposed to be about. And then even we, we read the Bible and we, we, we read all these adventures and, and we think, oh man, David, he, he, there was this giant and he, the giant had all this armor and these swords and my man came out there with a slingshot and took him out. Until the day comes where you're standing before a giant with a slingshot. And all of a sudden, the adventure looks a little bit different. Slingshot, sword. Slingshot, sword. See, sometimes I think we like the idea of the adventure. We like watching somebody else's adventure. We like reading about someone else's adventure until we're in the midst of it, until we are surrounded. And so, see, we love, we love the stories of the missionaries of the miracles. Uh, people are always asking me, hey, Lucas, tell me some of those things that you saw over in Indonesia and India, and, and I could tell you the stories and, and some beautiful, beautiful stories of, of God just showing up and, and miracles happening and blind eyes being opened and people getting healed and people getting delivered, and it's just Wow. I said, but let me tell you some more stories. Let me tell you about the time I got arrested. Let me tell you about the three different times that I got thrown in jail. Let me tell you about the times I got rocks thrown at me. Let me tell you about the time I got malaria and thought I was going to die. Let me tell you about the time that I was laying down on the floor in this little hut in the middle of nowhere, and I couldn't even move. I was so sick for four days, and I really thought that this might be the end. And that's my friend part of the adventure see not when everything is going right but when everything goes wrong see we we even take this with god we can come and we can talk about god and how great god is and how awesome god is until we actually need god until we actually need a miracle see the idea of a miracle is great but the reality of needing a miracle is something completely different the testimony of being healed from cancer is amazing, but going through that cancer is a whole other story. Chris Stanley, that he, he, he's told us his story about stage four cancer and how God has healed him. He went through it. He tells a story also about when his lips were so dried up and, and he had lost like 50 pounds and his whole body was just withering away and he just thought, I'm going to die. It's easy to kind of talk about, man, the, the promised land, but we got to get there. It's easy when Jesus leads us down the easy path, but since sometimes Jesus says, there's a cross at the end of this one, and all of a sudden the disciples just scatter. Oh, Jesus will follow you when you're taking the bread and the fish and you're, you're lifting those up to heaven and now all of a sudden we're, we're feeding 5,000 people with just this little bit. That's amazing. Jesus, you're healing people. Jesus, oh, wait, what? Cross? Death? Sacrifice? Desert? You meant to say dessert. You meant to say that's what you, no, 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 no. And see, Jesus even tells them, I'm going to die. And to which the di disciple, the Bible tells us, the disciple says, and what did he mean by that? And what happens, if we're not careful, is we begin to believe a lie. We be begin to believe that following Christ and the things that we're going through, the pain, the hurt, is, is, is somehow that where we came from is better than where we're going. 
So like the children of Israel, we want to go back to where we came from. And they said, listen, at least in Egypt, we had pots filled with meat and all the bread that we could eat. So basically they had a pot roast and like some bread. And wow, that's so much better. Like, and, and we begin to believe, oh, if I could just go back to where I was. If I could just go. People will follow you until you move them into a place where they get hungry and they get thirsty. And then all of a sudden, the complaints start to come. So you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you asked God to give you that job, but you got that job. And now everybody's not treating you the way you think you should be treating, so you want to quit that job. Or life has been tough, and wait a minute, you just won the lottery, and a few years later, you're broke because you treated the new thing like you did the old thing. Oh, oh, wait, wait, hold on, here's the best one. If I haven't offended anyone yet, this will do it. Um, (laughs) We can't wait to retire to North Carolina. We can't wait to get to the promised land. North Carolina, it's going to be so good. Only to get here and be like, dude, them southern boys, they don't show up on time. They told me it was going to be done in a week. It's been three weeks. They use words like ain't, aunt, y'all do, all this stuff. <laughs> Tires this big. They running me off the road. And to which I say, but it's not Jersey. <laughs> Let me remind you, Jersey Carolina. One more time. Jersey, Carolina. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the journey might be tough. He might not show up on time. He might be three weeks late. North Carolina. Jersey. So there's all these patterns, and we forget that where we've come from and where God is moving us to, and things can get hard. There's this pattern. Things get hard. God moves us. We complain. But there's also another element that sometimes we forget, is that through each step in the process, whether they were surrounded by the Egyptians, whether, whether they were thirsty, or whether they were hungry, God provided. God provided now now hold on but here's the thing often we don't like the manner in which he provides see the manner in which he provides isn't the manner in which the way the world does things and in which the way that we like him to do things and which way we've been taught to do things the manner in which he provides is he puts you in a place where you have no other surroundings there's a sea on one side there's an army around you and god says i want you to walk through this ocean And he parts it. The Bible says he sent a strong wind and it blows it. And they walk through on dry ground. Whoa. Or or God says, listen, you you need some water. This is what you're going to do. You're going to take this stick and you're going to throw it in the water and it's going to be better. What? No, 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 no. Hold on. Wait a minute. So you're hungry. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send this manna from heaven down to you. And each day it's going to be there. And for each person, it's going to be just enough for what you need. And I want you to go out in the mornings. And I want you to gather this manna. And I want you to bring it in. And you'll do this for six days. And on the sixth day, you're going to gather double. Because on the seventh day, you're not going to go out. 
on the seventh day, you're going to stay home because the, I'm going to provide enough for the sixth day to take care of the seventh day because, listen, this is the way that I do things. But this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, well, they gathered, and there was just enough. But then there were some that, well, they, they didn't need it all that day, and we figured, oh, we'll save some for the morning. But then when they woke up in the morning, the stuff that they had gathered for the next day was spoiled. And then the, then the, the, then the, then the, the next day came around, the seventh day, the Sabbath, said, oh, wait. And then the Bible says, but then there were those some that still went out anyway. See, they were looking for something, and it wasn't there. And God says, listen, this is how you're going to know. This is going to be this test. You're going to gather for six days. On the seventh day, nothing. Just rest. And see, God, I think we talk about adventure. We talk about faith. We talk about desiring God to move us to do something else. And sometimes God will put us to the test. And sometimes I think in our mind we have this idea of, well, the test of God is we have to do all these great things. Well, I have to stand up like Moses and I have to lead the people out. And I have to do all these amazing miracles. And, and this is what's happened to pass the test. And sometimes God says, my test is for you to simply do nothing. Sometimes God says, just stop. Just pause. Work six days, on the seventh day, stop. But see, there's something inside us that says, well, I've got to go out. I've got to do it. I, I've got to do it in my own strength. I, I've, I've got to gather some more because how are we going to have enough? And see, if we don't have faith where God could just simply provide that one thing that one day, how are we going to handle when God moves us into a land when we're facing giants? Because here's the thing. Here's what I didn't read for you guys, how the story starts. And that's in Exodus 13. And um, actually, don't even put it on the screen. I just want you to listen to the words. In Exodus 13, and verse 17, it says this. And where Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road. That runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their mind and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. God said, I'm taking them this way. Through the wilderness, through a Red Sea, through hunger through thirst. Why? Not because all of that pain and all of the hunger and the thirst that comes along with that, God's taking you this way because he knows if he takes you this way, you would have given up. Say, but Lucas, you don't know what I'm going through right now, but you don't know what God has taken you. If you would have went this other way, you wouldn't have made it. If you would have taken this other route that, that looks easier, that seems you would have been faced with some giants. See, right now, your biggest obstacle is, well, you're just hungry and thirsty and facing the fact that, well, don't work on the seventh day. Later on, the story continues that they're going to have to take the promised land, and there's some giants in this land. See, God has an even bigger battle for you, an even bigger adventure for you. But if you're not faithful with the little things, if you can't run with men, how are you going to run with giants. In the book of Jeremiah, it says it like this. If you can only run with men, how are you going to run with the horses? See, we think. 
We think we, oh, yeah, well, we got it. We got it under control. We could do it. We could do this thing. And God sends little things along the way just to simply say, well, will you be obedient in this? Will you be obedient in this? It's not what you expected. You want to take over the world. God gave you shalot. You want to be CEO of the company, but you're bagging groceries. You want the land with milk and honey, but there's this this weird flaky bread stuff on the ground that we'll call manna. But if you're going to be faithful with the milk and honey, you've got to be faithful with the manna. And you're going to be tempted to think that there was pots in Egypt full of meat. And you'll begin to believe a lie. You'll begin to forget the slavery of sin. The slavery, the whips on the back, that old life that you've come out of. You'll begin to think, oh, life was so much better. See, here's the reality. We, we're, we're, we've come out of Easter. There's been celebration. There's been resurrection. There's been joy. But now you are faced with the reality that it is a journey with Jesus. And maybe some things have started to get a little bit harder now. And you kind of want to turn back. Man, but it was so, it's a lie. God is preparing you for what he's already prepared for you. See, it's not a matter of the promised land. It's a matter of you getting ready to be in the promised land. That way, when he moves you to the promise, you won't mess up what he already has for you. See, one of the biggest tragedies in life is to get the very thing that you've been desiring only to realize to get it and squander it because you're not ready. To win the lottery but not be ready to have the lottery. And that's why most of them go broke because they weren't faithful with the little. And so the missionary stories, the journeys, your journey, my journey, it's... There's times where, yeah, the stories are full of miracles and blind eyes being opened. And there's also times of stories where you find yourself at this little hut and they've spelt doctor, D-O-K-O-R. That'll sink in in a second, okay? <laughs> like, this guy's going to help me? And then, Anyway, that's another story for another day. Here, look, one thing, like with this, with this ch- church and a few things that we've, been going through um if you haven't heard we purchased a piece of the land not too long ago and it was an amazing story of how god provided this piece of land um at one point this land was on the piece of land was on the market for 1.2 million um a few years ago a uh neighboring person or something came to the owner of the land offered him half a million dollars for the land and the owner turned it down a few months ago, we go to the owner of the land and offer him 180000 and he says, yes, God thing, right, right? But, like, here's the second half of the story. For the last few years, we've had dozens and dozens of disappointments of, oh, man, we're going we're gonna to get this. This is the next step for the church, or we're going to do this, and, and only to have the deal fall through at the last minute. Oh, man, we, we think that God's going to provide this, and then it doesn't work out. At one point, we, 
me and Chris and Tim, we got at one point we were even talking to this man about this beautiful building that would have been good. It would have been the perfect fit. We could have moved right in. We'd been have room to grow and all this stuff. The very next day we get an email saying, sorry, it's not going to work out. It's like disappointment, disappointment. And God said, well, I have something better in store. And see, I think some of you guys have been facing disappointment, 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 disappointment. And God's saying he's got something better in store. Don't turn back to Egypt. But here's the test. You've got to be faithful with where he has you right now. And sometimes that's simply not doing a thing. Sometimes it's simply you've worked for six days and God just says, stop. Sometimes it's, but we've done all this, God, and we've done all this. And and God says, that's great. Stop and rest and faith. And you're surrounded and God says, I'm going to part a sea for you. See, he does miracles. He provides for us time and time. Again, there's these patterns, and maybe God's moving you, and maybe things are get, getting hard, but here's the greatest thing about the pattern. He always provides. We just, this might be a little bit different than what, the way we think he's going to provide. This has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org.